0: Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Bill's Pipes, and Just One Helmets. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and with me on the line, first we got one of my very favorite motocross photographers, none other than the great Mike Sweeney. How's it going, Mike?
1: I am well, thank you.
0: And next... Hailing from Washington. You're from Washington, are you not?
2: Just outside of Washington, D.C., yep.
0: Just outside of Washington, D.C. He's wrote wrote just about every number under the book, but one of the ones that comes up to mind is the 36 machine. He's Instagram famous, almost 18,000 followers. Tony Blazer.
2: Thank you, Brad. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you for 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 giving me uh, some time after work, man. You've worked all day, and now you're going to come on the Big MX Radio Podcast show, and uh, we're going to talk summer series. And uh, before we get into too far into that, tell us a little bit about what you got going on on your Instagram right now. You're coming up on eighteen thousand followers, and uh, you got a little giveaway going on.
2: Yep, Um, I was nice enough to get hooked up by uh, Scott USA. Sent me a set of the new Hustle um, LE. Uh, limited edition throwback goggles and i thought it'd be kind of cool um to give those away to a, a lucky follower so right now if you go to my instagram i have a, a post up there you just need to um, repost it um, with the hashtag uh, classic blaze 18k scott giveaway, if i remember right i have to look it up i think it's, that's what it is yep, that's what um it is. and uh just tag a friend and then i think it's i set it up so it's a 20 20- Second, I think, is the last day, and the 23rd, if I remember right, I don't have it in front of me. Um, it's like next Saturday is the last day, and the next Sunday we'll announce a winner, and they get the uh, awesome goggles. It's really cool, too. It's a really, really cool set of goggles. So.
0: Well, right on. So I, I've already uh, entered it in twice, so uh, I saw that. Uh, fingers crossed that I can, I'll can be able <laughs> to uh, get get my hands on those Scott goggles. But uh, if you end up giving it away to somebody else, I will understand. Um, boys. We're talking summer series today and um, this is something that has kind of blindsided me. I really didn't see it coming because as I've followed followed motocross for the last uh, six months or so, uh, I've heard nothing about it. Uh, I I stumbled across uh, the findings that this series is going to be going down uh, through the depths of the internet. Um, I waded through Page after page after page of pornography before I stumbled across uh, promotocross.com and uh, they so they said that there's going to be some sort of an outdoor motocross series uh, sprawling the nation and I thought it that, that would be prudent for us to talk about um, before we get too far into that uh, Mike uh, what what do you know about the summer series?
1: Oh, the summer series. Yeah, I heard this mentioned during the Supercross podcast. They uh, they mentioned some sort of summer series with motorcycles and dirt and outdoors and sunshine and stuff. Is that the one we're talking about?
0: Yeah, it's uh, kind of more like back to the roots of the sport a little bit. Uh, I understand the the races are a bit longer. Uh, And like you said, natural terrain, which definitely a lot of these riders are going to have a hard time with because, uh, as we know, they spend the majority of their lives in the stadiums um, pretty much uh, year-round or at least uh, throughout the winter months, the winter series.
1: Yes, apparently this is how they spend their summer vacation away from Supercross. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, of course. Um, Tony, uh, what are your thoughts on all this? It seems to be a craze sweeping the nation. Um, are you happy to see that uh, the riders have found something to do during their long hiatus?
2: You know, actually, I'm, I'm really not sure what you're talking about. I thought this was going to be a Monster Cup preview podcast because I understand that's only 157 days so that uh, it's the, hits the uh, main streets of Vegas again.
0: That's correct. Absolutely, the next meaningful motocross
2: uh, event will be uh, the Monster Energy Cup. I was going Vegas. on so much about it on Twitter. DV finally told me to shut up about it. Uh, you know, it was uh, making fun. Uh, I, I don't think he was in on the joke. He thought I just lost my mind talking about Monster. Yeah.
1: Cup. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think
0: he thought you had your tinfoil hat on. Exactly. That, oh, yeah, hey, have you guys? Have you guys uh, noticed?
1: Have you guys noticed? Why does? motocross promotional voiceovers I always have to have this voice
0: <laughs> the god voice yeah i, yeah, I don't know. know they adopted that guy ever since uh um well feld motorsports owns that voice it was originally for um for monster trucks they've been using that for yep. monster trucks since yep. forever i and um yeah they like uh it's
2: ryan dange and that yeah, that's in, the one and
0: uh that's the one and uh I don't know man I, I I've never heard it used for outdoors uh for the for the, for the Nationals but um, definitely interesting boys it's it's like this we're finally getting back to uh, basically the real men of the sport really testing the machines really testing the athletes um, I've I've in the past I've heard supercross referred to as a a ballet whereas outdoors is like a fist fight uh and uh i totally totally agree with that um Supercross is all about hitting your marks and being about as fast as you can be between those marks but you got to hit those lines whereas for out, outdoors you loosen the screws a little bit you twist the throttle just a little bit harder and uh it's it it actually in in some ways i think the machine comes into it a little bit more even with the fact that uh you got to have a bike that's uh, set up for these the tracks that change all the time and um yeah the the weights and imbalances uh are are exaggerated out there in the nationals tony uh how excited are you for the uh the outdoor nationals this year coming up
2: i'm i'm super pumped i mean you know the thing is basically, I'm always excited for whatever series is coming up. You know, about three-quarters of the way through Supercross, I start getting you know kind of burned out on that, and I'm ready for the Nationals to start. And by the time we hit uh, a place like Utah, or one of the tracks that I really care about, towards the end of the season, I'm usually over that and ready for (laughs) Supercross to start, which is uh, a great thing about our sport here in the U.S. is we have a little bit of both. You know, the GPs have a, you know, pretty much just motocross and they'll have, other than a few off-season races, they'll have another series. And um, I think we have a really nice mix here between the winter series and the summer series.
0: Yeah, summer the, the summer series uh is a little bit unique about then uh than supercross because the summer series on occasion will mention Supercross um and like as uh the two of them uh don't seem to play nicely together. Uh, you know, as we were mentioning earlier, very little uh, information given, uh, and you would almost imagine, or you almost be- believe, that uh, when Ralph Shaheen says, "Man, like these, like these guys are going to be off for the next six months," it just blows my mind how uh, the Supercross guys can uh, like can be, like completely disregard or does not acknowledge that. Uh, 14 days, not even 14 days after the checkered flag flies in Vegas, that uh, um, those same machines get rolled out for a brand new series, 12 rounds of uh, Lucas Oil AMA Supercross.
2: Well, the thing that's ridiculous about that, too, is you figure that two of the guys in the booth there, Emmick and Carmichael, pretty much made their name in the outdoors, you know? I mean, yeah, both yeah. of them have supercross titles, but they are much better outdoors than they were in. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, Ricky in 01, I guess he was really, really dominant, but pretty much most of the time, you know, he wasn't like, oh my God, killing everybody um, indoors like he did outdoors. You know, he's definitely much more of a motocross guy. And then the fact that they just don't even mention it. It was, I almost gasped when uh, Tomac mentioned the outdoors in the podium, like, oh my God, are they going to bleep it? It was just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, actually, if you if you uh, listen to both his and uh, Marvin's uh, interviews and Marvin's just uh, like he just uh, I don't know if he just doesn't know any better or doesn't care, Uh, probably a little bit of both. Uh, he always mentions outdoors. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm looking forward to outdoor title and uh, fighting for that. And uh, that's, that always makes me laugh. Um, it's, it's just entertainment. and I, like, At some point, I, I, I got to imagine that um, both Jeff Emig and uh, Ricky Carmichael get a little bit frustrated with that. Because like you said, both those guys, their bread and butter was uh, twisting the throttle in the dust.
2: Yeah, I, I can't imagine that they're cool with it, but, I mean, again, they're just okay to do a job. And I'm sure Feld yep. tells them to, to low-key the whole outdoors thing. which is stupid. I mean, it's like the yeah. football play, you know, during the NFL, do they never mention the fact that there's actually a, a thing called Major League Baseball? It, it, and that's even much more of a separate thing than, than uh, you know, two competing football. Uh, and they're not even competing. They're not even up against each other. It'd be I mean, one thing if there was two series like they were talking about, you know, ten years ago when they were going to have the AMA series and then the Jam Sports FIM series thing, then I would yeah. maybe understand it. But motocross and supercross—they don't—they aren't up against each other. They don't aren't at the same time, the same venue, part for the same bands. It's stupid. You know, it just doesn't make any sense unless it's a Monster versus Red Bull thing. That's the only thing I can figure because it's not like the outdoors. The the success of motocross, at least to my mind, would only. Further the fan base for Supercross because really Motocross is much more of the grassroots thing. You know, people going to, a lot of people yeah. going to Supercross don't own bikes; they just go for the show. And I can't see how helping one series doesn't help the other. It's not like the guy's going to go. Well, I'm not going to go see Supercross because I'm going to go see Red Bud four months from now. That doesn't make any sense. You know, it's just crazy.
0: Yeah, that, that's like saying uh, that during a football broadcast, you never hear what school certain players are from, like completely not, not acknowledging that there is a, uh, a college football. Uh, and those, those guys actually basically run in conjunction with each other, except for they're on different days, but they're at the same time of the same month, uh, same Time of the year, and uh, exactly they're, they're, they have no problem mentioning each other. Uh, and of course, they, they share a lot of sponsors. As do the the outdoors and Supercross. I like if it. I don't even think it's a red. I don't even know if it's a Red Bull thing because does, does, I don't think Red Bull's a title sponsor of the Nationals. So, what do you think, Mike? You're quiet over there.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm sitting in the corner listening to you guys. Uh, I think. <laughs> No, actually, i got to agree more with Tony. I think it is a Red Bull monster thing, if it's anything. I think it might boil down Mm. to that. Um, I know the Red Bull tents are really prevalent at the Nationals. Uh, There's definitely a – you get the Red Bull arches everywhere. There's definitely a a big Red Bull presence at the outdoors. Uh, But like you said, you know –
0: But they don't even mention the GPs.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's crazy. It it, it would definitely behoove both series to uh, watch the others grow. You know, they're both going to help each other. You know, the better each series does, the more time there's going to be for the other. So uh, so the fact that they ignore that is kind of crazy to me. But, uh, but you know, interesting going into this year for the first time in a long time, I think I'm more excited about the 250s than the 450s.
0: Okay, well, uh, I, I was gonna talk to you guys about doing uh, when when we wanted to do that. I know Tony, you were busy tomorrow, uh, and uh, Mike, you said that you and your friend Billy might be uh, available for that. So uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll figure that out. Uh, and if if Tony's not available, maybe we'll just get his thoughts on some sh- some two fifty guys at the at the uh, the tail end of this. Now. Let's jump straight into these guys, and uh, let's start with your your top three contenders. Uh, would anyone on this phone call uh, argue with me about your top three contenders, the th- top three guys that are going to separate themselves the th- from the field, the three outliers that are going to be on the high end of the results all year long, is Ryan Dungy, Eli Tomac, and Ken Roxon. Any disagreement?
2: Nope. Not... Nope, not for me. I think those three guys for sure.
0: Okay. Uh, I'll ask the two of you to put them in order, starting with Tony.
2: Ooh, I would say I, I'm a Dungey guy. I think Ryan's going to uh, back up his Bowl title with uh, another outdoor title, personally. Um, so I would put him as one. Um, I would put probably... God, I see the problem with Kenny is I don't know how his ankle is. Um, if he's healthy, I would probably put Roxon at two. Um, and I probably still will. I'll, I'll put Locks two and then Eli three. I think Eli's definitely going to be one of the fastest guys out there, but he has to show that he's you know going to get better starts and be a little more consistent. You know,
0: hundred percent. I feel like um, Tony or uh, I feel like Eli Tomac could have a very similar year as Ryan Dungey as far as dominance goes, where like having those like just one one days where he's just lights out but I think he's just as more likely uh, just as likely of that as also having those um, going 12 on like a terrible start or like a 1 8 because he like ha- like has a shitty start or crashes somewhere and uh, like isn't able to move forward though that's where he loses his points that's why I put him third rather than uh, than then second ahead of uh ahead of rocks that's my my prediction mirrors yours uh mike your thoughts
1: i have Dungey at one going back to 2010 uh only one active rider has beat Dungey in the championship and that was rocks last year uh so that's you know that's just looking at that stat he's finished first or second in the championship every year for you know since 2010 so You can't go against Andrew, especially coming off that Supercross season with his renewed confidence and the new bike that he's on and how happy and comfortable he is on that bike. Uh, He has to be the favorite for the championship. Uh, Second place, I'm going to put Eli into that second spot simply because of his health, uh, how good of a rider he is outdoors. He's better outdoors than he is inside, I think, still. Uh, And he can overcome the bad starts with the extended time. you know, one thing I think is interesting with Eli, and that uh, I think I might have talked about this before, is that he has a big training advantage, training at altitude. I'm actually kind of surprised that some of the other riders haven't figured this out and emulated that. Um, and then I'm going to put uh, Kenny into the third spot. But I'm telling you, if his ankle flares up at all, I could easily see Blake Baggett sliding into that third spot. Which sounds kind of crazy, but coming off the Supercross season he had, and thinking about his skills outdoors, it's you know, he's beat he's candid before outdoors, so it's, uh...
2: Oh, for I
0: sure. Think,
1: like
2: I think Bag uh, could definitely win some races, for sure. I mean, he might even be a threat to the title, you know, if he, if he can, you know, uh, get some decent starts, because he's definitely got the speed. Yep.
0: Yeah, honestly, and I think uh, Steve touched out on this on their uh, preview of it. The only thing that you worry about with Blake Baggett is that wrist, and yeah. uh, if the pain of that is in his rearview mirror, like if he st- if he now only deals with immobility, and now he's basically kind of changed his riding style to accommodate that uh, the the lack of motion in his wrist. I think you guys are totally right. I think that uh, Blake Baggett could totally ruffle some feathers in that top five because uh, he's going to get great starts. He's 138 pounds on a bike that makes close to almost 60 horsepower, more than 60 horsepower, so he'll be flying out of the hole. Uh, He's got RJ working with him. Uh, He's fit. He's always been fit. We know this, El Chupacabra. Um, And, yeah, I think uh, if anyone's going to kind of take one of those spots, I think it's Baggett because um, he's kind of shown that – Although it's his first year, uh, he does. He hasn't forgotten how to go fast. He hasn't forgotten how to uh to get to get that thing around the the track. So uh, if I was to pick one one guy to uh, jump into that group, I think you're right with uh, Baggett. I do feel that uh, something would have to happen uh, injury wise with either uh, Tomac or or or, or Dungey uh, for that to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely. I think mean, you could almost pencil in. That's why I actually on my sheet there that I sent you guys, I have bag it kind of on his own there floating in the fourth position uh because i can't see him going any further back than that uh i just still have a hard time seeing him go any further than that
2: i tell you what's interesting to me going forward too is to see how uh, a guy like price gonna do because he absolutely yeah. blew my mind in the last part of the season i mean he was i thought at one point I was like he might actually win a race and um at least traditionally he was a even better outdoor rider. I mean no one like he set the world on fire last year, he was, you know, you know, mid pack in the ten, you know, ten to five range. But I I wouldn't be surprised if the guy, you know, if he gets a good start, you know, if his health is okay, if he could get a podium, you know, I don't think he's really a threat for a win right away, but I'm anxious to see how he's gonna do on the Yamaha.
0: Well, I think we can expect good starts from that Yamaha. I know we well, had good starts from last year. Plenty of yeah, power. Without. And um I don't know. I think maybe uh, outdoors uh, calms his style a little bit, maybe like not as much as as it does other guys, but allows him to kind of. Uh, uh, I think he, like, outdoors kind of plays into the strengths of a, of a Weston Pike. Uh, he's kind of got that go for it uh, drive through all the corners and everything like that. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna do well. I have him up in there in the uh, the Sealy Barsha purcell kind of area and
2: um you think ceiling's going to be up there because essentially because he's never I, I would love to see it and he really has i mean been really impressive in the super cup series but it's not you know uh, been his strong suit outdoors you know it, it, i'd love to see it but I, i'd be interested to see if you think he'll, he'll be able to do like a top five is that what your expectation is brad or do you think he's, he's yeah gonna be i do better? i
0: think uh top five like um, I said, like as far back as 7th, um, but and obviously he'll have worse motos than that. But yeah, I put him in that section because and I'll tell you why. Um, he came on uh, the uh, the DMXS radio show, I believe it was not this last week, the week before. And I've never heard Cole Seeley sound so confident. I've never heard Cole Seeley sound like, yeah, I should be at this point. I like... I'm I'm up there. I'm one of the guys now, and uh, I think that uh, it's this game is so mental. You have to seriously believe it. And uh, when he's out there on the track and he sees the number three ahead of him, uh, I think you guys could agree with your time on a motorcycle. When you see a guy ahead of you that, like, well, that's just the guy I'm supposed to be with. Even if you're at a brand new track you've never been before, uh, you seem to find a way to. do the same speed that guy does. Uh, and uh, I think that might be uh, something that he gets to feed off of throughout this season. What are your thoughts, uh, Mike?
1: Yeah, well, it's, um, I think especially on the, on the more technical tracks, I, you know, I can see him, you know, being right up there in that top five without a problem. Uh, it always seems like the question comes down to him in his training um, you know, and not having the, the stamina or the wherewithal or what have you to go the, you know, 30 minutes plus two outdoors in the heat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but hasn't he been training in Oklahoma with Trey and Trey Carnage trainers?
2: Uh,
0: I thought he was with, uh, with Warty. I think the biggest knock, and I think you could agree with me on this one, Tony on Sealy is that he just doesn't get his nose dirty. Like um, if, 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 if Cole Seely was a was a running back in football, he would be a scat back. He'd be running around you. He's not running through you for nothing. Uh, he actually, if he's on a football team, he might be a punter. Uh, but um, you know what I mean? Like he's 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 an incredible athlete. He's really good at what he does. Uh, but that yeah. balls out. Just fucking go for it. Bust yourself up. Mentality, I think, is lost with Cole Seely just a little bit.
2: Sure, and I think at least if I'm if I was going to say what I, I, my expectation, um, I think you know what happened in uh, New Jersey would be a, a good barometer there. Where I, early on, I thought he was going to walk away with that race, but you saw the yeah, track, was nasty and gnarly and kind of you know outdoorsy as much as you're going to see on a Supercross track, and you saw the guys, you know, the Dungies or the, the Eli's, or those guys kind of ate him up and you wonder about that, where, you know, he's more like a Kevin Wyndham, where, you know, if he can go fast and feel comfortable, he's, he's okay, but if he feels like, yeah. maybe, hey, i got to push, I'm not real comfortable with this, the bike's not right, or it's too ruddy, or whatever else, I'm not so sure he's um, willing to just do, like, a Ricky Carmichael and say, screw it, I'm hanging off the back, and I'm just going to keep my wrist locked, you know, and I don't think that's really his deal, and, you know, in Supercross, You know, that style obviously is much more advantageous where it's about being precise, like you said, and it's about hitting that that rhythm section just right. Where outdoors, it's sometimes, you don't you don't have that luxury. You can't take the smooth line. You got to go through the rough stuff and just hang off the back and do like Villapoto or RJ or some of the, the greats did where you just slam into the bumps and hold on for dear life and hope it works out. And, you know, it just takes a different mentality. And I'm not so sure that Sealy has that, but, you know, it'd be fun to see.
0: For sure, and uh, like that, w- New York was a great point. But then I'll also uh, I'll back up your your point with uh, the the uh, I guess would be the most outdoors of the of the supercrosses, which is Daytona, which is again where he was out to an early lead and uh, he ended up going down. I believe that was the same thing. He went out
2: yeah, there, although well, I don't cow. think it was a right, you know. But he was yeah. fast. for sure. Didn't
1: he just tip so, over in um, the
2: corner or something?
0: Oh yeah, he did tip away. He was uh trying to battle with uh Dunji. didn't he?
2: Up. Yeah, he hit Dungey in the castle. Yeah. Kind of
1: yeah. For the lead. Yeah, um, he was battling for the lead with Dungeon.
0: Let's talk about summer series moto winners. Who can win a race? Uh and sometimes this can be um like this will be a kind of a one-off thing. Uh, and um but who could who has a realistic chance of winning a moto in the outdoors? Um Obviously, our top three, and then uh, I, I I have penciled in Canard, uh, Baggett, and uh, a question mark for Reed, Purcell, and Barsha. Um, tell me why, Tony. Tell me why Barsha will win a race this year.
2: <laughs> Ooh, um, you know, I don't I, I don't know that he will, but I think he could. He certainly has the speed to. Um... Uh, if he gets a good start, gets out front, uh, I think Barsha could win. Uh, I'm, I'm actually a little bit concerned about the way his career has gone the last two years. So I'm not sure on Justin whether he's—I don't, I don't know really what's going on, whether he's uh, some issue with his body or his bike or whatever. But he just doesn't look like the same guy he did, you know, two years ago when he first got on the uh, the Honda 450 and stuff. So um, I think it could happen. I mean, anything could happen. All it would take is him to get a whole shot and uh, uh, Dungey, Eli, and Roxxon to get a bad start and get a little held up. Anything could happen. He certainly has the speed. I'm not sure it will happen, but it could.
0: All right, guys. All right, guys. guys. It's time for a commercial. commercial. If there's one item to be picky about it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You, too, can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable, sweat-absorbing liner, and generous eyePort design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super-trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. and Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. And I want you guys in a set of W Wheels. So do what I did and head to ubyausa.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist, suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike or just maintenance, he's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borton has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal, whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. For sure. And now, Mike, um, why won't Chad Reed win a race or win a moto this year?
1: You know, you have to wonder with Chad. Um, It it seems like he needs to have everything perfect now. Um, A lot of like what people are alluding to with uh, Porcel, uh, where he just needs that bike and he needs to be 100% comfortable uh, with the setup in order to, uh, you know, Ride right at the speed that he needs to go to win uh, because he's not willing to hang it off the back anymore like he would. Um, so, if if anything holds him back, it might be that he just doesn't get completely comfortable. Uh, it sounds like he's fighting some nagging injuries as well. Uh, you know, I'd love to see him get back to where he was, you know, just before he hit the catapult a few years back uh, and just be. That guy again, it would just make the, the series so much better and so much more competitive uh, and just more interesting, too. You know, just that storyline of, of Chad, you know, what was it, 09, the last time he won the championship? So um, yeah. that would be great to see. Uh, going back to Barsha for a second, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What? When do we start asking uh, if this is a make or break season for him? Because to me, if he comes out, in the outdoors and falls as flat as he did in Supercross or has another one of these series where he races a couple of races, gets hurt and comes back to the last couple and never gets on a rhythm. Uh, You're going to start wondering what's going to happen with him as far as his career trajectory, like Tony said. He's, uh, he's definitely trending down, and it's not looking good. So well, what do you guys think about that?
2: Uh, you Tony, let to handle that. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, I was saying the same thing, you know, I I mentioned it during the supercross series. It's like at what point do you start wondering if you know this four fifty career is gonna be a bust? Um there's a, over the years there's been so many guys that were so fast in the one hundred twenty five class, last two fifty class, I and mean, they couldn't make that transition to the uh, the transition, I mean, to the big bike. And um although he has had, you know, he has won um on the big bike, the last couple of years is just not going well, and I don't know how much it's, yes, he hurt himself, but he also just seems to be, like, you know, out of sorts with his riding and over-revving the bike everywhere, It's just like he's not comfortable, yep. you know, it, it concerns me that he's no longer working with Stanton, is that a matter of, they didn't get along, was, you know, what was going on there, um, there's yep. just so many question marks with, with his program now that I just wonder, you know, if it's you know, he's going to turn it around or not, There's you have that very narrow window where you know, you have the young guys coming up, and you're the hot thing. And if if you miss that that little window, we've seen it happen so many times. You know, there's always somebody coming up to take your job. And, um, you know, those big, big buck contracts only keep coming for so long. But Absolutely. You I remember the
0: case of. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, you remember thinking back to his 250 career, his 250 days on Geico, he was a whole shot guy. I mean, it was almost like you could check him off as having the whole shot when he was racing. And yeah, you know, where for start. I can't yeah. even. Yeah, where did that happen? What happened there? And is that confidence? Is he just simply having a confidence crisis? Um, so I don't know. I think it's interesting to see what happens. It'll be interesting to see what happens if he gets his confidence back. I think that's another interesting storyline to follow for the summer.
0: I yeah, I'm interested start to see him. Yeah. Oh, don't even get me started on the Alpine Star Care. We're gonna have to see uh, <laughs> many sets of that stuff up front. And uh, often with uh, with Tomac and what what surprises me with that and Tony like we we'll we talking about that for half a minute here, um, guys that ride with uh, Alpine Star gear in the GPS, their gear is not ugly.
2: It's not. They've what is up with that?
1: Solid colored gear. Stuff. I know. They I have, don't like, it. it Has to be rider like, input. It has to be. Oh It has God. to be like well, Eli's they- picking that stuff out.
0: Then Eli needs It's all that light miss. air. He's not getting enough air to his brain or something. Else I think so. Or his girlfriend's <laughs> picking his gear for him or something. <laughs>
2: his little sister, maybe. I don't think it's his girlfriend.
0: Yeah, maybe. That's Ooh, just over the ow, top.
1: Ow! Although I just saw uh, an ad for Barsha's new signature boot. I thought that looked pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I think there's someone on, on the
0: phone that. call that would disagree with you. <laughs>
2: I, they are not that. bad. Like I enjoy poking fun. They're, they're okay. I mean, they're they're yeah. no worse than you know anything else. They're certainly no uh, less crazy than those uh, like pink le fox boots that go with the awesome retro gear. Um, well,
0: they they go with that wet retro gear and that retro gear
2: only. Exactly. You yeah. you pretty much got to run that set and nothing else. Which you better be pretty rich if you can spare two hundred fifty dollars for a pair of boots or whatever they cost and uh, just to run yeah, with one set here, of gear. Here.
0: Yeah, and then buy five sets of that uh, that limited edition uh, retro Fox gear to uh, to go, to match that. Um, I, there's a couple of guys that have it locally, and uh, like the first thing that I thought of when I saw those boots, uh, I thought of, "Okay, those look great when they're clean. I guarantee they look shitty once they've gotten a few rides on them."
1: Yeah, man, yeah. I'm sure. Hey, it's, like it's you get a bunch moto, of dirt ground into animal. the
0: plastic, and no. What'd
1: you, know, Would you yeah. say, Mike? It's, it's motocross core animals. <laughs> <laughs> if, you guys remember, exactly. if you guys remember that. So. I did. You, just, yeah, for sure. you just find the matching tags.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, blows my mind. Um, regardless of how it shakes down, I think that Cole Seeley will continue to be the best dressed of 2015. Would you guys agree? I yeah, he looks I good. Think
1: great. The TLT stuff. Yeah. They just they just launched a new line that looks really good too. It's got like skulls and crossbones on it.
0: Oh, okay. So they're doing the pirate look.
1: Yeah. No, it's uh, <laughs> like a, it's not pirate. It's more like a retro '80s punk type of thing.
0: Okay. So if if Barsha is to continue. On his route of not being a top contender, and uh, I'm just going to use this one particular rider as kind of a, just an example. If he becomes a Brock Tickle Will Hahn, is that okay? Like, not is, with the people that are okay paying to him to be uh, one of Ken Rock in Dungeon. <laughs> yeah, I just like, because he was supposed to be that but it, it, of course, when you're part of that class coming through, you're all going to get to the top, and you don't all get to be top guys. Um, is that kind of like if if that's in his future? Um, like, is that okay for for Justin Barsha to 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 do that? And like, is the and and if so, uh, how did he get there? Is it just a? It's, is it a is a result of never looking in the mirror and always blaming the bike, the a, a nagging injury, what what have you, a trainer.
2: I would equate, you know, although they are completely dissimilar people, but I would equate, you know, the way Justin's career has gone so far to like a guy like a Damon Huffman, who was, you know, super fast on the one twenty fives and you know the next big thing and all this stuff, and then when he went to the two fifties, uh, he had some early success in his rookie year, almost beat Jeremy, and then you know, a couple of injuries later and he just wasn't willing to hang it out to that level. And it just kind of, but he had a long career. It doesn't mean Damon Hoffman was in any way a failure. I mean, if, if Barsh ends up with two or three career wins and a, you know, a 10 year career, I still think that's a success. I mean, the problem is though, in the, the minds of fans and, you know, media critics and stuff, they, they had him picked as the next big thing, you know, a guy to come up and, and challenge, you know, an RV or whoever the, the guy was, and I'm not so sure he's going to turn out to be that guy. you know. But to answer your question, I, I don't think that's bad. I mean, I think Justin would have anything to... He certainly made plenty of money. He's got plenty of sports cars and um, had a good time in the sport. And if he has a 10-year career where maybe he never went to title and on a big bike, I don't think that's necessarily anything to hang your head down about.
0: For sure. Yeah. Now, uh, let's talk about those next-tier guys. And we can t- paint them with a large brush and kind of talk about them collectively. I'm talking about... Uh, your Brock tickles of the world your will Hans of the world your uh, Anderson grant uh, Nicoletti, I throw him in there as well as Brayton and I put Brayton at the end of that uh, that list because that's I think where he ends up um, like what do you guys think about that group of guys how do they really sort out um, if you want me to re- repeat the list again like where what, what in what order would you put them tickle? On Anderson, Grant, Nicoletti, uh, Braden. I'll start with Mike.
1: I would put Grant at the top of that list for sure, especially coming off of uh, the way he finished Supercross. And he just seems comfortable and uh, in a good spot. Kind of like uh, kind of like Dunge as far as like it just seems like a lot of his personal life stuff is in a good place. And, uh happy with the team, happy with being with Chad. Uh, his training seems to be good. Uh, you know how he is. He's definitely one of those dudes that any given day can go out and beat anybody in the world. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm in, I'm real interested to see how Wilbur does. I'm hoping he comes out and just kind of, you know, put some good motos together and gets consistent and kind of gains some speed throughout the summer uh, as his confidence grows. Um, another great feel-good story and of just another good story to follow is, uh, you know, he's been so bit by the bad luck bug over the last two seasons. So um Brayton coming off some more injuries. Um uh, we'll see. I mean he's definitely a top ten guy. Um, you know, whether it's gonna be closer to his a number five, says six, so. Yeah, his number says so. But whether he's closer to a five six or a you know a nine ten is anybody's guess at this point. Um and I I think that Tickle will be, you know, consistently in that kind of a seven eight area. Um, it's funny. It's just like there's eight, nine guys in the 450 class that seem like they're going to be kind of in that same five through 10 area that are going to be fighting. Yeah, but I, I have gonna,
0: 14 guys that could be top 10 guys, or top, top, yeah, yeah. 14 guys that could be top 10.
1: Yeah, so it seems like there's going to be some great, like, mid pack battles this year, as well as some great battles for the front, hopefully. So, uh, in that light, I think it could be a, a really good season. Um, it's I me, mean, I think Pipe I'm looking forward to seeing where his stamina is at outdoors. Uh, it should be good, but you know, he had a whole bunch of little injuries too. And who knows where he's at with his knee. Um, you know, I don't know that he ever got that fixed. I definitely didn't hear anything if he did. So, um, it's going MCL, to be uh,
0: they don't, uh, they don't do surgery on an MCL. Uh, they put you in a 30, 30, degree, uh, locked brace, which I'm sure he was, he was working with that at home and, uh, yep. yeah, he yep. was doing a little bit on, on weekends. So I'm not too sure. I think he should be all right though. He does seem to take a few diggers in the last couple of weeks though, that, uh, especially that one in New York that, uh, Oh yeah, nasty, that's but, brutal. That oh.
1: brutal. He, he looked like he was in so much pain when he finished the race. He came off the track and walked past me and, you could just see that he was just like gritting his teeth and just hurting, but uh, just working through it. But anyways, getting back to these guys, I, you know, what are we talking about? Like eight guys that can easily fill like three, four spots. Um, so basically it's, yeah. it's going to be good, man. Full on wolf pack, battling for those, uh, battling for those cookies.
0: I'm kidding. Uh, uh, Tony, uh, what are your thoughts on these guys? Um, they're, they won't get talked about a ton on the broadcast because they'll they'll be probably about a minute off the pace by the time you get back to the 7 eight 9 10 11 range. Uh, sometimes they even go down uh, they, they go down a lap. Um, where do they shake down in your opinion uh, who's the best of the rest or the best of that kind of seven to 10 tier?
2: Um, uh, if I was to say the guy, I think it'd probably be the next, um, best guy. Actually, I'm expecting Jason Anderson to probably be in there. I don't know that, you know, I would say I don't expect him to be a threat for the title, obviously, but I do think, um, he could be up front a good bit, you know, certainly in that, uh, fighting for a podium spot. It would not surprise me, you know, in any race if he got on the top three. So I would put him right there just below the top, top three guys um i said the same thing about supercross and that didn't really work out but i still think he has the raw speed to make it happen um i would say that uh somebody like grant uh, just like mike said on any given day i mean look how he came out and won a moto at glenn helen you know it it could happen you know the guy only Only one year ago i know it it blew my mind in and if he did it again i'd still be shocked but you can't count him out i mean from the the first time he set his foot on a pro track and went out and led most of Hangtown. You know, it's like the kid has got blazing speed if he feels, you know, feels the mojo. But problem is, you know, obviously most of the time he's there's something going on where he doesn't feel comfortable. But um, he's got, he had a really solid Supercross season, way better than I expected him to do. Um, and I, I, he seems to be real comfortable on the 2-2 bike. So I'm, I'm hoping that he will be, you know, at least fighting for top fives. I think that would be good. And like I said, if he... It's a walled hair, he can certainly pull off a win. Um, I don't expect a lot out of Wilhon. He's never been a great guy outdoors, even on the 250s. You know, he'd get a whole shot and fade back 10. But um, I'm kind of surprised that Kawasaki's not, you know, replacing the whole Millsaps no situation with somebody else. But with uh, Wilbur, I, I think he'd be happy with a top 10. I think that's probably, um, I would probably put him below a Brayton in terms of the way he'd finish. Um, probably below a tickle um certainly uh any of those guys could get in the top 10 in any kind of a a race but i would say um i would be surprised if uh they were fighting for a podium i think that would be a shock um one guy we didn't talk about was you know porcel who knows what he's going to do um he could certainly have the speed to get a podium but I think it's more likely he gets out front and leads for three or four laps and then fades back to sixth or something. I, I just don't know that he, from what you hear, he hasn't been putting in quite the effort to um, get ready Sorry. for this. Yeah, exactly. And it's one thing on the 250Fs where a lot of those guys don't have the same program. But when you're going up against, uh, you know, an Eli Tomac or a Kenny Roxton or, or Ryan Benji, these guys that are, you know, you know, they're grinding out the laps and the miles and the bikes and eating right and taking it you know, like a serious career. Uh I just don't think he's gonna have the the stamina to hang with those guys about pace. You know, you might see him leave for a little bit, but um he could be the, the next guy. I think he'd be right in the middle of that pack too.
0: So um th- we, we we talked a little bit about Sealy earlier and uh one of the, the two the two guys that fought it out tooth and nail last year in Supercross was Anderson and Sealy, And now they're rookies in the 450 class. Uh, I, I think it wouldn't be a stretch to say that uh, seely far and away uh, outdid uh, Anderson on the uh, the Supercross end of things, which I was surprised about. Uh, do you think the shoe will be on the other foot out uh, in the Nationals this summer? I think that's, that sounds what, uh, what you're saying there, Tony. I,
2: I do. I, I think, well, I, you know, it's hard to say. To me, Sealy is just a total unknown. I mean, um, Anderson, he's one of Moto Outdoors. You know, he, 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 granted, he wasn't there every week, but he's shown that he's capable of doing it. And I think he has, at least in the past, had more raw motocross speed, but Sealy looks like a different guy on that 450. And, you know, he, he surprised me um, how well he's looked at times. So it's hard to say. I mean, again, I just don't know if he's got the stamina to you know, put his nose to the grindstone for you know 35 or 30 minutes plus two, um, and that, that's yet to be seen. I wouldn't surprise me if, if he did end up besting Anderson. But going into it blind, I would say I would expect you know Jason to have the better outdoor finish.
0: All right, so let's close this thing out with uh, a couple of uh, predictions for your top privateer. This is one of the things that kind of gets forgotten a little bit because there are so many top contenders on some decent teams these days. Uh, We've got uh, Kyle Chisballs Chisholm, uh, Benjamin LeMay, who uh, has actually had a factory ride in the past. He rode a one-day ride for JGR back in the day, if you remember, Tony. Um... Killian Rusk will be riding for the uh, Rock River Yamaha team. Uh, Ronnie Stewart's going to do most of the Nationals on his own deal. Same thing with uh, Nick Schmidt. So I guess uh, those top three guys are, are the guys that are most likely doing all the rounds. Uh, and uh, at some point, if Chisholm's doing well, i got to imagine that Kawasaki might throw him a part or two. Um, but uh, LeMay will I think be, they already
1: um, are. You think so, Yeah. Okay, yeah, I heard you yeah. he get some support. But Chip posted a picture that. It sounded like Kate, uh, Kawasaki gave him a brand new bike.
0: Oh, sweet.
1: Yeah. I saw too. Did yeah, yeah. it have an 18 yeah. on it when he got it? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just, they just it, like it looks, took it a,
1: It looks factory new. <laughs>
0: yeah, it takes a, a, a utility knife and just takes uh, mill saps off the side plates. It's just like.
1: Yeah, don't worry about that 18, it'll scrape right off.
0: Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, actually, uh, it's oh he's eleven. So that uh, if, if he was like ten or something, they could just take the middle out of the uh, of the eight.
1: Just use some hockey tape and cover up the eight, and then put an electrical tape one on it.
0: This time of year, hockey tape would probably be the most uh, appropriate. Uh, I will let you guys get back to third period of game seven action. I know Tony, you're a huge hockey fan. <laughs> uh, no, not really. No. Yeah. Uh, you're like you're, they still play with a puck, right? Um, all right, but so between these three guys, Lemay, Rusk, and uh, Chisholm, who's our who's our top guy? And uh, what's their ceiling? Like, like if if I look at the results on uh, the day after uh, I race my own motos, uh, who will I be most surprised to see, or who who can I see at the top of these guys? What's their top, like? Can can Chisholm get a, a sixth place in a moto? Can he get a seventh place
1: in a moto? Yeah, I could see Chisholm doing that. What about you? Tony? Especially, if, especially with if some support.
2: Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, especially late in the year, you 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 have to know that by the last two or three rounds, there's going to be you know twenty oh, or thirty percent of the guys gone. So it, it could happen. I I wouldn't expect it at Hangtown, you know, but by you know round ten. Sure. It could happen. I mean, it's kind of like what yeah. happened when uh, – yep. didn't he win a moto? Like, um, didn't he win a moto when was on a KTM or something years ago? Anyway.
0: I would have to look, but I don't – What's that? I can't remember. I can't remember him winning a moto. I, could, I, I, not, I, I think he podiumed a moto.
2: Maybe. Or maybe,
0: but, yeah.
2: I can't remember. Maybe, anyways. I mean, I could see him definitely, uh, you know, breaking the top ten once the field's a little bit lean. But it would be surprising to see any of these guys – you know, make it into the top ten, the first couple rounds. It's a like a getting top tens last year and stuff. And I think he's going to be riding on the, um, the Honda-supported, like what's honda sport? I think. Um, there's so many guys in the in the class that are really fast. It would take uh, a fortuitous fall of events, I think, for any of the teams starting up in the first three or four rounds.
0: Well, right on. Uh, I think you, you echo those uh, sentiments. Uh, by the time we get around to uh, your red buds of the world, there will be uh, some uh, some guys missing from the field, allowing guys like Chisholm to uh, to pop up in there, maybe even a Nick Way if he does come out for that national. Mike?
1: Oh yeah, no, that'd be great. I'd love to see Nick come out. It, you know, going back real quick too, we didn't really talk too much about Freddie Noren uh, who had a really good ride last year as a replacement rider on that Honda. Uh, and from all accounts, I guess he had a minor knee injury a couple of weeks ago that he says he's bounced back from, but, uh, everything I'm hearing about Freddie is that he's very comfortable and very happy on that bike. And, and, uh, I don't know you could easily see him being a top 10 guy, um, uh, as well. So then throw another guy into that kind of area and top 10 is called just sneaking inside the top 10, but still uh, judging the competition that he's up against. I think that's pretty strong. Uh, Privateer guys, I think LeMay is probably your next guy as far as high, higher finishes. Um, I think he's going to consistently be in that 13, 14, 15 area. Um, but I still, you know, once again, considering that competition that he's up against, I think that's uh, nothing to be ashamed of for sure.
0: Hundred percent. Now, uh, one of the guys is going to miss the first few for sure. Uh, I don't even really want to get into Andrew Short too much because I feel like Andrew Short is going to come back be- when he does come back and be Andrew Short, uh, especially this portion of his career. Like he might get some hole shots, but that's for damn sure. But uh, uh, but the other guy I was thinking of was uh, Trey Kennard. Um What can he do when he comes back? Uh, is would he be more anything more than playing spoiler after missing the first four nationals, starting with Tony?
2: I think he definitely could uh, play a spoiler at the end. Uh, I could see him doing like he did last year, especially if the title fight is uh, you know tight between a couple of the guys up front. It's they don't want to take a chance on you know uh, throwing away points. He could definitely be if a guy. One in, in a Honda. He could, Exactly. He could definitely come in to play team tactics, you know, towards the end. You know, maybe if Eli's in the title fight, that Trey gets up there and tries to run interference to keep lying back or something. Any of those things could happen. It really sucks that he's not going to be there at the first couple of rounds, but um I could certainly see him going out there and winning he's got plenty of speed He showed that last year and this year before he you know hurt himself again.
0: What would you say if it's coming down to the last moto at uh, Indiana you got uh the the points are right down to the, thing, like it's a three-point different or something like that. And all of a sudden, the smiling, nicest guy in the world on the 41 machine absolutely punts Dungy.
2: <laughs> I think Mrs. Kennard would no longer follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's funny. Yeah, I, the funny thing is, you know, Trey will do that. So it's,
2: uh,
0: hey, he did it to uh, Villapoto back in... Uh, yep. In, did. In, it, on 250s everyone forgets he was uh he was, he was, I wouldn't say bad news but uh he was he came in there with a vengeance so um uh, a great conversation boys uh really enjoyed it uh i think that uh we're in for one hell of a summer this summer series is going to be uh it's the first of many to come i think
2: oh well, for it's sure been exciting year <laughs> Right yep.
0: on, guys. Uh well, thank you for giving me uh your evenings. Really appreciate you uh giving me your thoughts and uh just um bench racing a little bit about this uh this thing we call the summer series. Uh, it kicks off this weekend in Hangtown. Uh predictions for your podium in the four fifty class uh for for Hangtown this weekend, uh starting with Tony. Ooh.
2: Um I, I am predicting uh My boy Dungey will win. I think
0: Eli will okay. get third. So Eli, oh sorry, you cut out for half a second there. It was uh, Eli's going to get oh, third?
2: Oh sorry, I, I predicted Dungey. Sorry, Dungey for the win. I think Eli will get second, and I think uh, Kenny Rockson will get third.
0: Baggett's off your podium in California. I'm. Uh, it's a bold statement, my friend. But uh, I, I'll I respect it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised
2: and, and, if he got on it, but I, I You know, it's his first 450 race. Who knows? Sure. Who knows? We're all guessing anyway. So who knows? 100. Uh, that's
0: um. that's yeah, that's it's the fun of all this stuff. Uh, we can go back and listen and see that they're all we're all idiots. Uh, Mike, uh, what's your podium?
1: Okay, you ready for this? I'm gonna take Laxon to win just because. God, that
2: guy is good at openers, isn't he? Think about it. Anaheim, he is rather so good
0: there. at openers. I think you're correct on that one. He's fast. Yeah, he's I
2: think he's won the last two years in a row there, right?
0: Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, he's good there. So I'm going to go Roxen. Uh Then I'm going to, just for the fun of it, I'm going to go Baggett in second and Dungeon in third. Mr. Consistent always starts slow and finishes fast.
2: You know, actually, okay, I, I, I immediately don't like my picks. I like Mike's better. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, Mike's just funner. Are, it's more fun, that's all. It's, you know, to the, kind of uh, go out on a limb a little bit. The Mike, only thing the that works, I don't know how his, his ankle is. You know, I guess we'll see. You know, I'm not so sure if he's 100% yet. So. We will seen see come from his Saturday. videos.
0: Uh, have you guys figured out how you're gonna watch the series? Because uh, as a Canadian, uh, and um, I, I watch these things on YouTube. Because the day after, uh, because I either can never get, I can't get MX or uh, I, I literally, there's no cable provider that provides uh, NBC Sports and Mav TV is no is an isn't, invi- isn't involved isn't available in Canada, so I can't get either of the, the races. Uh, on my television, uh, I could pro- I could subscribe to it on my laptop. But uh, Saturday afternoon, if it's beautiful outside, I'll probably be twisting a throttle on my uh, my my count my Quackers. So
1: yeah, I'll Thank be you. DVRing for sure. I, I get yeah. both channels. I get I get Map TV and uh, NBC Sports, so I'm good to go there. I already have the DVR set. I'll probably be watching them uh, if not live on Saturday night.
0: How uh, how do you plan to watch the series there,
2: uh, Tony? Well, I, I have been watching the first motors on my computer because I, I, do, I do have Mav TV, but it's not in HD. And watching standard def on a uh, big HD TV is, you know, just unbearably terrible looking. So um, this year, with an app, it looks terrible. It's like I can watch a VHS tape on a regular old television. It looks way better than just standard def does now on the HD, and I don't know why, but. Um, so, uh, they just came out with a new app for the Apple TV. They have an NBC Sports app, and I'm hoping mm-hmm. that I can stream it right to my Apple TV and watch both motos in HD on that. So that's what I'm going to try. Oh, I, I saw from the, the press release it's supposed to be on there, so I'm hoping that that works. Fair I didn't enough. know that. That's uh, cool. Uh, yep.
0: All Thanks. too often in the sport that uh, press releases are saying one thing, and then the, uh, you go to use that uh, technology, and it's the other way around. Uh, but uh, uh, less. Yeah, fingers crossed, hope that happens for you, man. Uh like I said, really appreciate you guys giving me some time. Uh we'll see where our predictions uh lie once uh the gate drops on Saturday. Uh, as far as my prediction, I'm uh, I'm liking what uh what Mike has to say. So I will go with Roxon up front. My podium's gonna be ran down with Dunge and Tomac uh running uh, running out the top three. And we'll see what happens. Um who knows? Like, uh, looking forward to it. Glad we were able to get together, chat a little bit about it. Uh, and um, Like I said, thanks for giving me some time. Boys, you have a good night. You oh,
2: thanks, too. For, thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.